Okay, I'm going to start with a little scripture in a moment, but um, I just thought I'd give you a little bit of background as to why I'm here this morning. It's not as a quick stand-in for Simon because he's ill. Amazing enough, this was booked up a couple of, well, about a month ago, so the Holy Spirit does know what he's doing. About two months ago, um, I had a dream from God um, about preaching um, what I'm about to preach about. Um, and it's taken that long. First of all, I thought, is that right? Is that, is that, is that correct? You know, or is it just a random dream? Now, the way I interpreted it was it wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even thinking about that. Normally, I work out where my dreams are coming from. It's something I've done in the day or something that's coming up. And actually, um, this was straight out of the blue. I mean, a couple of months before that, Simon had said, is there's anything that you feel you want to talk about at church, then um, let me know. But that had completely, I'd forgotten about that. So two months ago, so I bit the bullet. I talked about it first of all in the men's prayer group. And I think, and I can't remember who I spoke to. And someone said, well, you know, just go and, if, you know, if that's the dream, go and speak to Simon, you'll, you'll do it. So two months later, here I am, <laughs> about to, uh, about to, to talk about it. Um, as well as the message really was for Burlington Church. This is, I strongly felt that and strongly believed that. Um, but through um, reflecting on this and, and as Alan said, kind of meditating on this um, and looking at my journal, I can really see the personal journey within this as well. So it's kind of it's a great culmination and an ongoing story for myself. But I really think it's, it's a great message for us at Burlington here today. Um, so, with the scriptures, if you could turn to 1 John 4. Now, in the Pew Bibles, I think that's on 1,228. 1,228. So, just at the end of 1 John. <clears throat> now, I'm going to start... Um, at verse, well, halfway through verse 16, where it starts, God is love. And I'm going to refer back, um, I was praying this morning, and I'm going to refer back a little bit, so keep it open um, during the talk, that would be great. Yet 1,228, 1 John, 1 John 4, yeah, right near the top. We okay? Great. Okay. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's quite a powerful scripture. But out of that, there's one bit that's been focused on me. This, This was what was brought to me. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And I just want to unpack that a little bit. 
with, with ourselves. And also keep in mind, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. Come in. Lovely. Come and join us. 1 John 4, we're looking at. Okay. Also keep in mind what this love looks like. What um, Donald just preached, what just read, he preached as well, <laughs> what Donald just read um, was what this kind of perfect love looks like. And I encourage you to kind of reflect on that as well over the, over the week. I mean, it's awesome. It's unobtainable in the real world. Um, and this is where I want to go to. What is our greatest weapon against the rulers of darkness? Okay. So, first of all, you must know that we are in a battle. And there is the dark part that's always trying to attack us. And we are in the front line. If you're a Christian, you're in the front line, whether you like it or not. So you might as well make use of that. It's often said the Bible. The Bible is a great weapon. Knowing the scriptures. Absolutely. Prayer. We're called, people are called prayer warriors. Prayer is an awesome weapon against the darkness. But I believe there's one thing that's even greater than all of those, and that's love. God's love, not our own, because when ours runs out, his is abundant. God loves everyone in the world. He loves the murderer. He loves IS. He loves any group that we can think of, any category that we've put people in. He loves every man, every woman, every child in Ipswich. He loves everyone in our family. He loves everyone in our street. He loves everybody in this church. He even loves the person we hate. Jesus, full of this kind of love, he loved, he healed, and he cared for people that maybe we wouldn't even give eye contact to. It's that deep. So knowing how powerful it is, how, how is it a weapon? It's great and absolutely awesome. But how is it a weapon? Well, if you think about the armor of God, Ephesians 6, and it talks about our bat- battle not being against uh, flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual realms. Genuine, unconditional love disarms the enemy. Just takes away all his weapons. He can't get any foothold in this love. All the devil's schemes, all his flaming arrows have no effect against this kind of love. For example, if you're praying for somebody, if you want to go and speak to somebody, you're showing love to somebody. You might hear this whisper, Why are you bothering to love this person if they don't love you back? It's not worth it. But God's love doesn't need affirmation. It will keep loving even when that love isn't reciprocated, even when it's not given back. So that's why the devil can't get any foothold on that love. He has got nothing to cling on to. He's got no insecurities for for him to grab onto. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. Sorry, I'm just getting over a cold. This makes it... <clears throat> so
So what's the opposite of this? Sometimes you can kind of get a handle on something in your life if you think about what the opposite of is. The opposite of genuine love. Our initial reaction might be opposite of love, hate. Okay. But where does this hate come from? If you start to dig a little deeper, I suggest that there's a fear that's driving this hate. And I'm not talking about an external fear. I'm not talking about the fear of something that's going to happen to you. It's not about a fear of a person. It's not about a fear of a situation. Although God's love can equally be as powerful in that. What I'm going to focus on today is a kind of internal fear. So, thinking about what Simon's been preaching on a little bit of a while ago. And this is where it's also been great. This was before... I I was talking about this long before Simon was talking about identity. So it's just wonderful how it's kind of come back again. So we're thinking about our identity in this. Who we are as a person. Now all of a sudden, as soon as we start thinking like this, it gets a bit uncomfortable if we start digging around down there. And I'm talking from personal experience as as well as what I know. Lots of things can crop up. Am I good enough? What if I get it wrong? Do they really like me? What if they saw the real me? These are the fears that we're talking about here. These are the opposite of God's love. Those internal fears. So if we go back to that earlier illustration. You hear that whisper. Why are you bothering? Why are you bothering to love that person if they don't love you back? What's the devil doing? He's speaking to our fear. Do they really like me? Do they really like me? So this blew my mind when I kind of thought about this bit, when I was working on this. So imagine for a moment being so full of God's love for you that all those fears that we have about our identity are no longer there. Imagine not caring at all if you're good enough. Imagine not caring if you get it wrong in the eyes of others. I'm not talking about the the, um, spiritual walk or the, the walk with God. I'm talking about in the eyes of others. Imagine not caring about what others think of you. Imagine not caring if your love for others depended on them loving you back. And when I was doing that, I was thinking, that blows your mind. And as soon as I thought about the internal part, then... Think about the power for the kingdom of God that you could be if you had that inside you. How effective could we be? We'd be accepted, we'd be a cherished, loved children of God. But because we had that in ourselves, we couldn't help but be to others. So for my life now, I'm kind of switching it around. It's getting, it's getting yourself right with God. It's accepting his love. And through that, you go out and you preach the good news and you talk to people and you love others because otherwise it's always in your own strength always in your own strength so thinking again about what Donald preached what does that perfect love look like that's 1 Corinthians I'm not going to read it again but definitely go through that what does it look like it looks like this it looks like this it's always this and it's always there at the end The greatest of these is love. So how do we get it? 
Now, perfect love driving out fear is, I think, the ultimate that we could be. That God's ultimate plan for us would be to be so full of this that everything that we think about ourselves is gone. But I'm not there yet. And I would hasten to add that neither is anyone here. Human love can only go so far. But as we believe the scriptures, we can move from this place. Earlier in 1 John 4, it talks about we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So if you're a Christian, you've got God's spirit in you. So you don't have to do it yourself. God's spirit lives in us. What that means is we have an access to an unlimited supply of his spirit or living water, however however else you want to think about it. You've got a spring inside of you that you can just go to and get filled up whenever you like. So, when you pray on your own, with the door closed early in the morning, before your other thoughts establish themselves, ask for God's love as part of your daily bread. Once again, this daily bread came up before Simon was talking about the agenda. And I was thinking, daily bread? What's that? But I would suggest we need this love even more than food sometimes. Is there a situation? Is there a person, including ourselves, now that we can't love? Or we're spending all our energies and effort loving? Well, the first thing I think we can do is accept God's love for you, for us. You receive it, it's a gift, but we have to receive the gift. He's given it. Open it up, cherish it, love it. You're his child and he loves it. And I, and I think from my own experience, this is a gradual process. And you can have little revelations. You can open it in little gifts, I think. Every time you kind of feel it. But you can make milestones along that journey. But it's all about this. But you can also show this love to other, others. And what a witness that is. Not through effort. Not through gritted teeth. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Or oh, I really oh, I can't get on with that person. But I've got to try. It just happens. And when you've asked for that love. At the end of the day. Reflect back on that. And praise your Father when it happens in heaven. And again, don't beat yourself up. It's a journey. Gradually love will take over. It's like two sides of a balance. Love will take over. Fear will lessen. You'll get less of it. As you accept being a loved child of God, we will become more like Jesus. So, it's all very well me talking about it. I'll just give you a couple of illustrations from my own kind of personal experience on this. Because there's two areas, isn't there? There's God's love for us, God's love for me, and God's love for others. But it's the same love in us. So God's love for me. About a year ago... But as an actual fact, it started a lot longer than that. But if I kept going back through my journal, I could have gone years. So it is a long period. God brought to light a fear in me 
that was controlling large areas of my life. I prayed about it, and I kept getting this word, fear of man, fear of man. Now, I knew it. I've kind of heard that around the scriptures before. In other words, fear about what others thought about me. Um, And there was one, fear of man, I knew that was in Timothy, and I knew it was in Proverbs somewhere, but actually God pointed me to another scripture. I kept trying to find the other ones, and I couldn't, but he kept drawing me to this one other scripture about being um, a son of God. Um, So over the last year, he's given me other scriptures since this one, to meditate on. He's given me a name to call him, which has absolutely been awesome. Okay? And times when our intimacy, myself and God, has gone to a deeper level. <clears throat> so I'll just read a little extract from my journal. And this was about halfway through the journal, halfway through the journey, about six months ago. God replied, Just come and see me each morning and see what happens. He then told me that each morning he would give me my daily bread. Nothing more and nothing less. Everything I would need for that day. Okay, so here I am at the start of this new adventure. Meeting my father every morning. Not as a duty, not because I should, not because I need to, although I do. But because I want to be with him. So that's just a short extract from there. And... All of that was from a 20 minutes, just 20 minutes and more. I got more from that 20 minutes. Silent listening on a men's prayer night. Now, I'm not advocating go to men's prayer night to get that. It doesn't have to be there. But taking that time to listen to God. So what about God's love for others? Well, I've had some experiences of this as well. And as I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not here yet, but I'm on the journey at school, I was finding it increasingly difficult. Oh, in case you don't know, I'm a teacher, primary. <laughs> at school, I was finding it increasingly difficult to keep a good relationship with a child in my class. So I asked for God's love in this. I thought, you've got to practice this. God's love to intervene. I remember saying to God in the morning that I'd know it would be his love but at the end of the day, when I reflected at it, because mine had run out, my love for him had run out. And guess what? It was a great day. It was, and it was, I knew it was God, but it was far beyond I'd even prayed for, hoped for. It was an awesome, it was a great restart and rekindling of a relationship. A second example is at home. I've run this past Joe so she knows. <laughs> At times, our family feels like everyone's having a go at each other. So myself and Joe, we've kind of become more and more spiritually aware of bringing God into our family. When things start going wrong, we pray first and then do other things later. We prayed for God's love into this. And we pray for joy to be over our family. Now, People were still the same. Circumstances were still the same. But the atmosphere changed. And an improvement came. And there's reconciliation. And and that's not just once. We have to do it on a fairly regular basis for different things. 
So, what I'm saying is, it works, <laughs> from my experience. Just as I kind of draw to a close, and, and I'm going to pray after this. That word, driving out, and in other translations, there's a casting out. Now, these aren't... Um, Small, they're not weak verbs, are they? They're really strong verbs. Driving out, casting out, kicking out. When I reflected on that, as Alan said, it brought to me another scripture in mind. Jesus driving out the money changers in the temple. Now, most of us can imagine that situation. You know, there's not any peaceful going on there. He's kicking it out. He hates it. Matthew twenty-one, twelve. if you want to read that. He drove out who, all who were buying and selling there. Now, this is my observation on this. I don't know if this is correct or not. But drives out. I think that because God knows how damaging fear is to our identity, to our identity he wants it out of our lives. And he drives it out with his power and his authority. Because it's so destructive. It's so um, debilitative. It's, it just handicaps us. So I'd like to pray now for God's love to be brought into all of us here. Okay. Now, if you want to pray where you are, that's awesome. If you want to come to the front, front, and receive some of his love, that's awesome too. God told me to kneel down for this one. So I've got to kneel down, I'm being obedient. Okay, It's up to you what you do, but I'm going to pray for God's love to come upon you. Okay, There might be a person in your life, there might be a part of you that God puts his finger on this morning. You might know it already. But I'm asking this morning that he drives a nail he kicks out, makes a start on kicking out that part that's holding you back. Or he gives you an awesome love for the person or the situation that you've, you've run out of your love for. I don't know your situations. Um, and it's quite a bold prayer because this is personal stuff. So I'm not asking you to share it with anyone if you don't want to. But I'm going to pray for you now.